0: Guys, I think I need to go um,
1: get my lamp. I'm s- such dark episodes. I'm scared.
0: Welcome to this episode of the Prestige-ish Media Podcast. In this episode, we will be covering True Detective, Season 1, Episode 8, the season finale, Form and Void. I'll be your host for this episode, Craig Lake. Co-hosting with me for this episode will be Jessica Z. And Dan McNair. You can find our show at Prestige Ish Media on Instagram and Prestige underscore ish on X. You can find me at Real Real Batman on both. You can find Jessica Z at Jobless Dog Mom and Dan McNair at Dan McNair 1017, both on Instagram. We hope you will join us for coming episodes as we cover True Detective seasons one through three on the way to the season four premiere, January 14th on HBO, which we will also be covering. Now, without further ado, here's the episode. Episode eight is Form in Void. Final episode.
1: Nine, nine, nine. Only because it loses the one point for the beginning scene. I couldn't do it. Also, my dad came in. Your dad? like. Dude, my dad walked in the room just as he was, like, diddling his sister. <laughs> and so I immediately just like, fast-forwarded.
0: Did you go back and watch?
1: No, I couldn't. That's not
0: fair. I'm sending you recordings of it later. Dan, what do you give this episode? 9.0. There it is. Just the same. Yeah, I think it's a 9. Um, Were you going to give
1: it an 8, but you gave it one extra point because of the, that scene?
0: Yes. Accurate. Wait, do we have a consensus? Yeah, it's our first three for sure. <laughs> this is
1: the first time it's ever. Well, wait, no. Sometimes Craig copies me.
0: But yeah, I think it's our first three, three triple crown. Okay, so we start with Errol Childress. He's got that victim in a room. He's calling the victim daddy, but this is just a random victim. Is that what we think's happening here? It's no, not his, his actual dad.
1: I think it is
0: Dan. I don't know the timeline, but I'm thinking that his dad died
2: a long time ago, and there's no way it could be preserved. He talks about getting it water and stuff. Yeah, I, was, I would uh, think his dad has been decayed and like long since worm food.
1: I think it somehow is like his dad who's preserved because he said, I, "I reckon you'll keep for another day."
2: He talks um, to it like he would his dad, but I don't know the crazy in it
0: yeah I half and asked mouth
1: was shot like a mummy and stuff.
0: yeah, I half asked because I was originally confused. I did look it up and I didn't do extensive research, but the limited research I did do seemed to be that the consensus is that it was like a victim and not his actual dad. but I did not think it was super clear in the context of the episode for sure. And then he comes home and immediately switches to his English accent. Jessica, who does a better English accent, you or Errol Childress?
1: Or is it Meryl Streep, maybe? Oh, wait. Is that a little Australian? Let me try <laughs> yeah. again.
0: Okay. Oh, I do
1: this every time. Oh, I can't do it.
0: Try, try the I dingo. <laughs> I
1: can't do it on command. I can't. Try the, d-
0: try the dingo ate my baby.
1: I can't do that. I can't do anything on command. I can't.
0: I felt bad for the dog for sure. And then we get our classic introduction that we will all remember for the rest of our lives. Betty Childress, his sister who wants to make flowers. It's been three weeks since. Flowers
1: in three weeks.
0: It makes her sad. And then he starts feeling her up as he asks her to tell him about grandpa. What was your reaction to your introduction? To Wait, does Betty? she
1: ask him to? T-
0: it, he asks her to tell him about grandpa. Oh, okay. And that's what's that's what he's getting out of and this it's thing. the story
1: of her grandfather molesting her, right?
0: I mean, we don't really go into detail, but assumedly. That, it's, that was the gist. Okay, yeah, so how horny did this scene get you, Jessica?
1: Zero out of ten,
0: Dan, <laughs> negative million. <laughs> what oh, was less your... horny than me? <laughs> I mean, I thought this was like one of the grossest scenes ever for what it was. It's
1: but did it, did you lose your boner?
0: <laughs> yeah, what we in the business like to call a boner killer yeah, for think, sure.
1: I think it took away like my Matthew McConaughey boner for the episode. I swear it just i was repulsed craig rank yeah. the scene with lisa the one with beth and the one with earl and his it, betty
0: it's definitely lisa beth then this scene and
1: can we get your opinion on the scenes Cause, oh wait um, maggie
2: and rust gotta be in there too
1: yeah so let's add that in craig where do you add that
0: that goes third because it was a little short.
1: Oh, but um, it still beats. That's I'm what guessing,
0: said. I'm guessing that Dan, based on the angle, is going to rank that, the weird angle that he liked how it was filmed in, is going to rate that higher. I actually have the same rankings as you, Craig. Jessica, where do you rate them?
1: Same. The one with Maggie and Rust really remind me of a scene from Good Girls. And I know this came out first, I think, Yeah. Does, Maybe not
0: did anybody heard the term making flowers in any other context? No, no
1: except for when you texted me today and I hated <laughs> you for it.
0: <laughs> I Googled it and I saw references, but all the references I almost think were in reference to this show. So yeah, I'm a little confused with that. I'm gonna have to do a deeper dive into Maybe the origin that's of that. What...
1: Maybe that's what her grandfather called it to make it more friendly, more kid friendly for her.
0: Yeah, I would believe that. And then the only other thing I can fathom, and I guess I'll say it out loud, is that because he says later on, he says, can you smell the flowers, Miss Billy?" So the only thing I can think of is that it's like seed, flowers, seed.
1: I was thinking that maybe it Oh, we have to fertilize the garden.
0: Oh, Jesus. Were you more disturbed by what was happening or how dirty they both were? I feel like it would have been just dis- like disturbing. Yeah, I have no
1: idea. Dude, just imagine what that freaking house smells like. Oh. And <sighs>
0: I, so do you think this scene was extra hot for you because you got to watch it with your dad?
1: Yes. That's a man I watched all seasons of Shameless with. So. And I couldn't, and I had, I was too going to you watch this scene.
0: So that's good. Um, to do one more, and then I will move on. So it's bang, Mary, kill, and your options are Betty Childress, um, Errol Childress, or both of the Ladoo boys at the you same can go time.
1: Fuck <laughs> okay. Well, obviously. is kill
2: myself an
1: option? Obviously, that, bang the two brothers. Jesus, my, item. Why is uh, that obvious? Don't put that in. <laughs> my mom. let Jesus. What? Everyone has their bucket list thing. What's on yours?
0: Not the Ladue boys. Continue. Okay,
1: well, obviously, it's probably the childrens. Or whatever. Wait, and then I would have to kill both. You of have to marry children's. one of the
0: two. Which no, children are you marrying? Oh no. You got to pick.
1: Oh, no, no. You got to pick. No, no. I can't.
2: Dan, what about you? Well, this is not the question I wanted to answer, but I'm killing the dude. I'm marrying the girl. I'm sending her off to a home. I'm collecting government money for oh, that. You're
1: brilliant.
2: Yeah. I did have uh, just That's a different hard observation. Hard. Before we move on, did anybody catch what was on the TV?
0: I did, but I did not make a note of it, and I do not remember it. I'm a
2: person that anytime they take the time to show you something on TV, it means something. I didn't get the meaning, but I thought it was North by Northwest by Hitchcock with Cary Grant. It's really a story of mistaken identity, but just the fact that they were on it made me go, I want to know what that is, and is there a deeper meaning? I didn't extrapolate anything, any great like secrets of the world, but that's what it looked like to me. It definitely looked like Cary Grant. I believe they think that the Cary Grant character is like a spy and he flees for his life across the country. The Um. other just observation I wanted to make is, I don't know for sure, but I think the actress that played screwed up sister is Margot Martindale. It looked like her, but it was so different from any of her other roles that I wasn't 100% sure.
0: It was Ann Dowd on that one.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that throws me off because she's a dead ringer. So that much was interesting. Okay.
0: I think I definitely would have to marry Betty Childress, I guess.
1: No copying.
0: I feel like, (laughs) I mean, I feel like that's an easy answer. I feel like if you bang Errol, you might get killed easier, so I think I would bang the Ledou boys too and kill oh. At least you'd Aron. be high. That's that was my thought too. Or I was thinking if I could marry them, then they could sell drugs. You know, maybe yeah, could you could afford be a, a living. man. Yeah. If if I can go back to my hand job only marriage theory, but I just don't know. I don't know what would be worse. Craig get those two hawks at
1: once. Or yeah, but Arrow would take care of the
0: all the yard work. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's true. You'd have, and your house would always be painted. Yeah,
1: expertly painted homes.
0: All right, let's get back to the meat and potatoes. Um, and no
1: annoying, no pesky kids in the neighborhood bother you either.
0: <laughs> you
1: take care of them all.
0: <laughs> or pets or anything. So do you oh, want yeah, to change your so answer to now, the dog And Jessica? I kept
1: worrying about the dog.
0: Yeah, I felt the worst for the dog for sure. I mean, after the kids, but in the moment, worse for the dog. I
1: kept worrying about the dog. I just was like, oh, God, I hope they don't. I hope I don't see them physically hurting it.
0: They killed it, by the way. Spoiler alert. I think you missed that part, but yeah, they killed it. Wait,
1: when it ran to the shed? He he
0: didn't want to make any noises. Yeah, like when he was going around the shed, he killed it. So.
1: Oh, I heard it yelp, but it had done that before when it.
0: They showed it. Yeah. They showed it dead at least. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I was glad I didn't have to see the full act at least, so I dealt Uh. with it. Normally, that would be the thing that would upset me most, but I don't know that anything was more upsetting than the flowers scene. So (laughs) Rust makes Geraci hold the tape and put the tape in. Do you think that was to get his fingerprints on it, Dan, or what was the tape holding for?
2: Yeah, Yeah, that was totally it.
0: He also has kind of the same... Reaction as Marty does, like the over, you know, extrapolated scream. They do tell him it was Mary Fontenue, and then he finally starts fessing up to what happened. He says that he didn't follow up on the phone call, that the sheriff took it over. They filed his report as a report made in air. More or less, those guys believe him, but they tell him if he talks, that the found tape was in his possession. They didn't mention the prints, but I got to imagine that's part of it. They say that all their findings are with the lawyers to be sent out to everyone and that also they'll have a sniper following him who happens to be the bar owner who shoots up his car. What was your take on that scene, Jessica?
1: I thought that Rust really covered all his... uh, I don't know. He just crossed all of his T's and dotted all of his I's there. He didn't miss a thing because every time... I don't know. He had a, an answer for everything that guy could have done.
0: He certainly said he did. I and think we see later. Him. He wasn't quite as ready, but I mean, I think he had a plan and pace. But the really, lawyer, the lawyer was really the bar owner. The sniper is the bar owner, like, but I mean, he was prepared to be prepared. Dan, what was your take on that scene? I just thought it was cool that he called his shot.
2: And, you know, bullets started hitting the car. But the other thing yeah. I thought was interesting was that Marty didn't seem to be in on it. Marty like hits the ground and is kind of like looking around. Yeah. And so that surprised me a little. bit.
1: I think because every time Russ does something that's, you know, where they could get in trouble, I think he leaves Marty out because he doesn't want to get Marty in trouble.
2: Oh, that's a good point.
0: Yeah. And I think he's also- If I'm going to
1: go rogue or whatever, then I'm not going to drag you down with me. But I'm happy you're here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit of everything. I think he just works alone, also. But yeah, who knows if and and I think it's better to like ask for forgiveness than to ask Smarty for permission to do all of these various things going into them. But I thought it was a cool scene, and I thought, like you said, the scene where he has the the shots when his hand goes down and the appearances of having everything in order, you know, kind of Quick an interesting. Question. Yeah.
2: Did I miss something with how they obtained the boat? Or was that just a plot
0: hole that...
1: Dude, I think they they just got on someone's boat.
0: I mean, they took the boat. I mean, it wasn't... It was a stolen boat, so... And I guess the thought behind that is that's how they got him out was, like, him saying he had his own boat. And then um, I think it's, you know, obviously so Russ could hide. I did notice... I think on the first watch, I thought when he was, like, saying... I marty said something in passing you know i don't make it out here near enough or i don't make it out here that often and i thought he meant just fishing in general i didn't know he meant literally was like lying about being on that boat i don't
1: if i don't make it out here four times a year i go crazy
0: yeah that
2: that kind of bothers me because it it feels like plot convenience playhouse you're going through this whole thing of stealing a boat and you're not going to explain or show it or nobody's looking for it and conveniently there's no consequences for it that's a little too convenient for me
1: I don't know it it just it didn't surprise me but I think because I lived on a canal where people docked their boats for you know months at a time
0: yeah I get what you're saying Dan I think they've established enough that these guys are willing to break lots of rules we haven't seen a lot of consequences for any of them I think if they don't get to the finish line here, who knows? But I think if they find out that they did it after they busted the killers, you know, you know, it's I think all's forgiven at a point. But yeah, it totally makes sense what you're saying. It definitely I think we're
1: all overlooking the fact that it could very well be the bar owner's boat.
0: No, they said it wasn't their boat, like that they didn't know whose boat. Yeah, owned. I know, he, that it would be yeah, back to him. It should have been I the bar. Owners, find, yeah. no, that was a I good would have point.
2: liked that explanation
0: more, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it should have been the He's bar owner. Inexplicably
1: so. inexplicably <laughs> rich dive bar owner.
0: Did the bar <laughs> owner ever talk?
1: Doesn't need to. He's
0: but did it. he ever say anything?
2: I wanna say Rust asked him. direct question do you or have you or where have you served or something along those lines
0: yeah as i was taking notes i was like i don't know if this guy's ever talked but at that point i was like i'm not going back through every one of his scenes to find out if he ever verbalized so they go back to marty's little private eye office and i did think this was a little cheesy but i was fine with all of it but they said russ said we need to look at the record with the records with fresh eyes like we're totally green and then that's when marty triggers with the green ears. but one could argue that they should have been asking why the green ears the whole time they find out that one of the houses near dory's crime scene had a freshly painted green house marty actually pulls that from memory from the case files which i think another as you mentioned earlier dan like a good part from marty what did speaking of plot convenience what did you think of this pull in this scene
2: I was thinking it more just exactly what you said like nice for marty to kind of get a nugget and you know let him take a three point shot here for one that didn't seem nearly as convenient as suddenly we have a magical fishing boat but
1: dude it's so easy to steal a boat though
0: <laughs> what did you think of them finally realizing? To You've never gotten the on a random years?
1: yacht and taken a picture with your dog?
0: Uh, gosh, to live Definitely in Definitely
2: not, but I don't live in Outer Banks. Well,
1: because you guys live in the desert.
0: Well, he lives, like, near... I'm, I'm mountain, on my mountain, But Ugh. all the same. So they find the former owner of the greenhouse and an assisted living home. This is where I do get to the point that, like we've checked a lot of just these random boxes with somebody who's seen a man with a burn face and <laughs> a her husband God. filed the tax return. So we get another poll from a tax return file. Can you just pull people's tax return records? Is well, it-
2: I think that, that when Marty Trump? was saying what he had access to all the different like web data and things like that as part of his new business, that, that fell into things he had access to as a private investigator or whatever for me.
0: Yeah, I just don't know even if you have access to certain things or somebody can just look up our records. Some like, people,
1: I'm, wasn't that the whole thing with Trump and they were like tax records are like public or something?
0: Well, I think that's like or that for elected weren't. officials. It was one of them. What it was things, either yes or no. Because those like, FEC filings, I don't know what, I know that's for the House, but I don't know what it is for presidential races but anyway yeah i think the ultimate answer to all of these possibly a bridge too far scenes is i think this my opinion is
1: the green ears th- thing was stupid to me i was like no way. that would not occur to anyone ever in real life oh maybe it's paint from a freshly painted house really? but i think they should
0: have been How asking many painters that question have you seen with Here. green
1: ears like yeah. who, who paints their ears while they're painting a house never seen that before in my life
0: my my only other comment on this is that i think the show enough that they bought they, the quality of the show if you're watching a shitty show and they make some of these decisions it's really gonna bother you but this show is so good that i'm fine with all this like we're talking yeah. about it so i'm gonna pick it but in watching it i don't
1: but the really the green care. ears thing was literally the only time this entire series i was like well other than season two for me. But that I was just like, nah, dumb. That's stupid. They could have come up with something better.
0: Anything else to add to this, Dan? Nope. Okay. Uh so we have do you ever
1: painted a house and did it get on not, your ears?
2: Not willingly.
1: Did it get on your
2: ears? Nope. I did get
0: heat stroke. So we do get more but love. But no
1: paint ma- on your ears.
0: <laughs> we do get more love making. And this is where we get the can you smell the flowers, Miss Billy, along with some bones. Were you thankful for this- doors
1: and walls?
0: Any deep thoughts on this, Jessica?
1: No, it's gross. Okay, how do we find out that they're related? That they're like siblings?
0: Their last name is both Childress. I did look it up, I'm pretty sure they're sister and brother. If. Yeah, well, but like, how did they find st- out? They might be. Ha- I think they're halves. Oh,
1: probably because they're calling the same grandpa, grandpa.
0: Yeah. Well, that's
1: after also- the
2: fact, they explain it. While all this is going on, I don't think it's clear on your original watch. You're like, because it's hard to tell her age. I'm like, mother, son, brother, sister. What's going on? And then there's kind of like a post mortem where they're like, oh, it turns out this was her name and this was his name. And
1: well, probably because the grandpa think
0: like, we, we get that they're half sisters i do think they say they're half later but in the scenes we do get tell me about grandpa so like I with think the that,
1: ages and everything so yeah. grandpa was still having children when his children were having children
0: yeah i'm not sure exactly how it worked out other than we definitely know they're related with the grandpa thing and i don't think we know exactly how but i think they say half brother and sister i don't even know if we're super clear on at what level their brother and sister so this is where we see russ leaves the envelopes with the bar openers uh with the bar owner he tells them if he they don't get if he doesn't call them off send them all in 24 hours marty talks to detective Papania. i hope i'm pronouncing that right and and it essentially boils down to if shit goes down and they figure something out does he want the call what was your takedown on him going to that detective? Did you think that was a good move on Marty's part, or did you think that was a bad move?
2: I didn't trust it,
0: to be honest. For
2: some reason, Marty felt that. Um, of the two detectives, I didn't have one that I thought was more not on the payroll of the Tuttle family or anything, but there were times where Marty would talk in the interview, and it seemed like Papa Dia, Papa Shango, Papa John, whatever, would look at him like, you're a piece of crap. The only real interaction between those two that I ever had to pick
0: up on. What did you think about him telling the detective before they went out to make that bus? Jessica? Is that something you would have done? No. I just thought it was too risky. Like, regardless yeah. of what your read is on the person, I don't think you can risk making a bad read at that point. But obviously it ultimately is a good call and that they're able to get help out there, I guess. But I think you probably still could have got the same level of help either way. Cause they had to, they made a call at some point in that process, is that, that how this all-
1: When the backup mm-hmm. came? Yeah. yeah I, think I think they actually
2: did have a phone in the house that Marty found.
0: Okay, so Marty eventually called, but I mean-
1: Everybody he, has a phone. Where call, is it? Filled with- I'm Marty.
0: 23-year-old dick pics. Um, so they Flip show up it open
1: the- and dial.
0: Why are you harassing these men, Jessica? So they show up to the property. Betty Childress answers. She's super weird. Marty breaks in the door. This is where Marty starts the process of asking for the phone.
1: Dude, I couldn't Ra- have gone into that house if I had Marty's a brave man. What about you guys?
0: Dan? That's like the houses I grew up in. <laughs> no <laughs> no <laughs> just Jessica's um, face tells me <laughs> the one that gave me like I feel like I could get through like... I couldn't live there but I feel like I could get through it I'd have to get through but the, the one with see,
1: like haunted houses
0: the one with the guy in on the table with his mouth sewed shut to me like that and he I think he even talked about him kind of like rotting like that one was the one that really grossed me out the most
2: there's one thing Rust says as they're pulling up there or driving around. He says something like the place has got a taste.
0: Well, he mentions tasting ash on the way in, but I think that's because of the thing that he described to that lady in the bar that you didn't like the scene of. I'm halfway okay. being facetious right now. But when he starts talking about how he tastes colors and likes, you know, oh. and all the seeing shit, I think it's just like he could taste. But he does say, I can taste ash on the way into the property. That was the quote. I hope the flowers don't taste like ash, I guess. So Marty handcuffs her. He finds that dad guy that's not really a dad eventually. In the scene with Errol, he says, come on inside, little priest. He keeps calling Russ little priest. At one point, he says, this is Carcosa. I think the part here that grossed me out the most is we see kind of like that pile of like kids clothes, which that kind of sucked. What was your take on this climax scene with them? And then, you know, we get, he ultimately stabs Rust, Rust headbutts him. Marty takes some shots at him, takes an ax to the shoulder. And ultimately it ends with Rush shooting him in the head jessica you want to take it first what were your thoughts on this
1: okay so yeah the pile of clothes it was like really effective a really effective way of like showing you just how many kids they're talking about Is isn't that the holocaust museum that has like the pile of shoes
0: you're probably right the only thing that i was unclear of is like how many of these are victims or and or is he also just creepy and stealing or taking No, I think it was
1: supposed to be victims.
0: Yeah. Either way. And then it's they creepy. and then they put
1: then they clothe them in like the ceremonial dress. Yeah. But either way, very high anxiety, this whole scene. Yeah, so I don't know. I would be too scared. I wouldn't enter either of these. I would have been a horrible partner to bring along. Because I would have been in the car driving the other way. Oh, we don't have service. I'll drive to go get help. Uh, Yeah, so very high anxiety, very effective imagery and everything just showing uh, poor children. And then you see just, you know, mentions of different clues that they have seen along the way. And then when he finally encounters him and he gets stabbed and I was my heart was going to explode because I thought Russ was going to die. And then when Marty comes in to save him, I was so happy. And then Marty gets a freaking hatchet in the chest. And I was like, oh, no. And then so I was just like, it was so high anxiety from entrance to exit. And yes, yeah, so that's then, what she said. Yeah. And then, and then Rust finally like shoots him in the head. And I was like, you know what? He a hundred percent like, he's just proved the entire series. Like he was the better cop. (laughs) Just so much stronger and better guy.
0: We know Um, you have a Matthew McConaughey thing. We get it. It did not take eight episodes to figure that out.
1: Better than Woody Harrelson.
0: Dan, what were your final thoughts on this scene? I agree with
2: Jessica that I can't see running in there by myself you know where the dude is just like
1: you don't if- though because there's like different ways he could go
2: yeah but you know where he lives so if you just call for oh, backup yeah. and do a canvas of the area you're gonna find it but i didn't realize i think they explained later that it's like an old civil war fort because oh. as you're seeing pieces of these tunnels and archways and all these like stick sculptures and bird traps and stuff like that and then all of a sudden they show like a a wide overhead shot and it's all this like overgrown like turrets and things like that i'm kind of like where the heck are they like who has this across from their home and if it is a civil war fort it should probably be like a museum or you know like a naturally protected place so that was kind of a neat setting for it i really like that they saved each other that like Each of them was like within a brush with death and the other came to their rescue. They needed each other. And that's part of this buddy cop narrative through the whole thing. And then I thought Rust was really gonna die.
1: Yeah, and then my heart was broken. And then you see Marty's heart was broken too. And you see that they bicker like a married couple, but they love each other like a married couple too. And not married couple like Marty and Maggie, but like a real married couple that love each other.
2: I kind of it does. There is a nice happy ending and stuff, but part of me kind of thinks it would be better for Rust if he did die.
1: It'd be more more like emotional and just a A more fitting
2: ending, true of the character.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I thought it was stupid how they Benny's oh like the world is good. Good is winning. uh, whatever. and it's this isn't Rust.
0: Well, a couple of things I would say is I think and and that was going to be one of my questions to you, you know, was did Rust want to die? And I would argue that might have been in theory, a happier ending in some ways, If he, but you wouldn't have got the information that he was with his daughter and his dad like the same way. But I mean, then knowing that it's like, oh, he probably, but I mean, did you think he wishes he would have died when he's going through that kind of post coma scene, Dan?
2: I think he even says it. I think he says that my daughter was calling to me and I heard my dad and I wanted to go.
0: And so that's where I think it's like, it's definitely a more tragic ending in some ways, but it is happy that they're together. But it's it's that bittersweet, I think. Well, ending. now he
1: also is because he's like happier to be alive than he was before because now he knows at least that he can live his life and then still see his daughter again.
0: I wasn't sure of that based on my reading of it. But I think that's my hope for that character that he finds something in it. But in that moment of what we see, but I guess that's, I yeah, guess you may be right. And that's the positive read about end. how, yeah, that's that positive read the at the light end. Is
1: winning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see tying that together. A couple I other don't things. I know on... how
1: after seeing all that evil, you can be like, Oh, good is winning.
0: But a couple things here. So what I got, and, and I didn't watch all of it, but just briefly in the after the episode, Dan, they said they were scouting locations and they found that like area and built around that idea was like kind of how they came up with that. So. so so that was kind of interesting. I did that they saved each other and they did actually mention that in the after episode as well.
1: Oh, wait, I want to say one more thing about the yes. final scene. When they were chatting, he says something about we caught one of them now. When are you know, when are the other ones gonna get caught or whatever? And he goes, They don't like that's just not the world yeah. we live in, and then, Why, the, then they just accept that.
0: Well, I am coming back to Unless that if you can give me a minute.
1: Is when they go after the rest. Let me come back to that in one second.
0: So we get Maggie and the daughters visiting Marty. He keeps trying to say he's good and he's fine, but he starts crying. It seems like the daughters thing has kind of hit home for you, Dan. What was your read on that one?
2: Yeah, that was Marty's happy ending for me. And that tied the circle closed. So that was fulfilling. That felt good.
0: Like I didn't need to see really any more after that. What was your take on that scene, Jessica?
1: It was just nice to see Marty kind of break down like the get rid of the tough guy cop exterior that he maintained throughout like the whole series and then he finally I think that if he was strong enough to show that he was not that he has emotions and everything from the beginning then his marriage would have
0: yeah I know I kind of got that impression that if he could have come to that point sooner he probably could have actually saved his marriage but Different he world he was being that they're strong all wrong
1: by being all tough and everything, but I think that's just like a weak way to go through life.
0: So in the Russ and Marty scenes, his first thing waking up, Russ asks him, "Are you watching me sleep?" And then that we get from Marty, "What's your fucking problem?" And then I think this is a little later on, but Russ brings up that he saw that guy in '95 and he couldn't tell because his face was dirty and he was sitting, so he couldn't get the height. And then he says, we didn't get them all. And he says, I'm not supposed to be here. And you can just see how pissed Marty is because he was so happy. And he's, I'll come back tomorrow. Don't ever change, man. So (laughs) that's what I was going to say earlier, Dan, when you were saying, you were like saying how you were disheartened because there was so much bigger. I wanted to say, don't ever change, man. But what was, (laughs) since you did bring that up earlier, obviously this is a bigger thing. So I think there's two ways to look at it. Like, we didn't get them all and there's more, or there's what Marty said, like we got the ones we were supposed to get. It's a bigger problem than just us. Did that bring that any more full circle for you? Or do you still felt the way you did in the earlier episode?
2: It felt a little bit better, but there was a question I had about this time too, where like it's on the news. Like I think they even referenced a couple other reports. So I'm assuming because Rust was out of commission for 24 hours that's how all this information came out was that the bar owner sent all that
0: information i wasn't i wasn't clear on that
1: oh that's a smart connection
0: i had made the connection that i wasn't sure that i would assume that's what happened but that i wasn't positive okay but yeah that uh, makes sense when i think about it that's what i would guess as well if Um, i were betty
1: i'd be proud of my husband right now figuring that out So
2: with that kind of just leaves it open to like this universe, there's other things going on that we don't know about these packages have been sent out into the night all over the place. And maybe some of the rest of the rounding up happens off screen. And then I can let go of that there's other guys that, you know why focus on this one. So yeah, that resolves it a little bit better for me.
0: So Marty gets him a pack of smokes, you know, and I all assume all this kind of we take time jumps, but they're not really explaining them. So I'm just assuming there's multiple time jumps in between here. Marty gets him a pack of smokes. Russ, this is where Russ mentions that he was in the dark, but he could feel his daughter and his dad. He let go. My note was he seems upset to be alive. And then to calm him down marty remembers and i don't remember us seeing this but i think it's we're assumed to have thought that they had this conversation before that russ would tell him that he used to look up at the stars in alaska and make stories about them am i correct And neither of you pulled that that we saw that on screen
1: you know i wouldn't pay attention to that
2: yeah i didn't necessarily reference that but I assumed that it could have been on screen and I just accepted it at face value.
0: Yeah, I don't think I saw that. But he did say that once he had moved to Texas or I don't remember his Texas or Louisiana, but I thought he said Texas, that it was all one story, that it was the oldest story, the light versus the dark. And Marty says that the dark has more territory. And then this is where Russ says he's right at first. But then ultimately says that, you know, I think it used to be only dark if you ask me the lights winning and that's how we close so Jessica you were kind of commenting on that earlier that you thought that was a little goofy of an ending did you want to add to that at all.
1: I just think it's insane that you could finally just come face to face with this man and the proof that he's harmed all of these children. And then you almost die by his hand. And then you say, and then all of a sudden you're a more positive person. I guess like people talk about how people change and become better people after something bad happens to them. This is a little extreme.
0: What was your take on that, Dan? Rust has some good drugs. Yeah, I'll take two things. (laughs) I do think it would have been a better angle if they had went with, If they had went with the hope of before he didn't have hope because he thought these people were gone and they like if they would have given the narrative that Jessica did that now that he's seen them, he knows that they're there. I think he talks about just being in the dark with them. I think if he would have talked about being in the dark and them being the light that he saw in that dark and that being what comforted him, I think that would have gone a long way. They did have a setup for this earlier. So the setup is that earlier in the series he talks about being a realist, which is a pessimist, and a pessimist would see that sky is dark. And so the point of that line is they're trying to show you that he's developed this optimism, I think. But I di- I I don't I think they earned it over the course of the show, but they didn't earn it in this last scene and they didn't show it well. Is kind of my take on it. And they could have. They there were recipes in here to make this pie, and they didn't throw them in. So let's.
1: Tried to make the pie out of the wrong ingredient. I think they could have made the pie out of Marty. Could have said that or something. I don't know. I just think that it was too big of a change for Russ.
0: Yeah, I think if Russ would have seen, like I said, if he'd have saw that light in them, and he would have had more hope if they'd explained that. You explained it that way earlier. The way you explained it was, I think, the right take they could have got there with russ but i just don't think they quite nailed it so overall for the season dan you're the only one who hadn't seen this before what do you give the season as a whole and and any thoughts on the season as a whole and then also happy or or how do you feel being drug into this experience for this season
2: it's been fun and i'm gonna say better than anticipated so i don't know if that means that My standards are out of whack, or this is just my way of eating everything. The best that I like ever made. I'm not (laughs) going to go there. That's for sure. Um, And I don't really know what I'm comparing it to. Am I comparing it to other seasons that I haven't seen? No, just in a vacuum,
0: like you've only seen the best
2: season of the show. Um, (laughs) So if I'm like averaging my episode scores, probably like a seven
0: is where i would okay. put this season jessica what's your rating on the season and your overall thought process
1: i give it like a nine out of ten no thought process just emotions i'll throw out like two shows that i compare it to to be like yeah it's on par with these great shows what I would those shows be six feet be? under okay but also on hbo And also another HBO show is The Last of Us. That first season was almost perfection. And I can say the same about True Detective season one.
0: I think it's a nine for me as a season. And I think it's almost better than the sum of their parts. But once again, I'm on a third watch. And so to me, it's just like a real comforting show. Um, It's not a perfect show. There's not a lot of low lows to me in this. I know, Dan, you had one really low episode, but for me, there's not a lot of low lows for me. But yeah, I give it a nine. Any anything anybody else wants to say before we wrap up this
2: episode season? Category by category. I would give it like strong marks in acting and in visually the way it was shot the cinematography like there was a lot that stood out to me being above an average tv show a lot of the mcconaughey dialogue was just nonsense to me but there were some strong um dialogue parts as well the pacing of it was quite a roller coaster and when it was high and up and down and all around i enjoyed it but when it felt like there were some long flat leak stretches that I stuck with, like I was, you know, not disengaging for. But I did find myself getting distracted from time to time, too.
0: So I thought that acting and cinematography were both really well. I actually thought it was well written, but I think it had more structure issues than writing issues. And then the only other context I'll give you to the show, Dan, that I think it, it would maybe make more sense with this info Is so Nick Pizzolatto, who is the writer, he had done a previous show, and I think it was Bloodline, and he had no control over it. And so he sold that show, was barely on set for the first season, and hated the process. So when he sold this season, he originally envisioned it, I think, as a novel. And when he sold this season, he wouldn't sell it unless he had a lot of control And so I think what you see in some of the McConaughey dialogues and in some of the weaknesses is you see a writer, like that's a fairly new writer who got a lot of rope and he used a lot of the rope.
2: He's like one of those film students that does a project with an unlimited budget and just throws a lot more in than
0: maybe you needed. So is he part of the next couple seasons? So he's part of the next season. And I think that's where it ends. Okay. And the director ended up not making it to the second season either. So I will say this. I actually like the third season almost as much as the first season. The second season, we're getting ready for a dog, I think. So yeah, oh I have it. I was be-
1: about to be like, can you beg Adeline to do it so I don't have to?
0: <laughs> so I think that's what's interesting about it is I literally tried to start it twice and could not I, make it.
1: It was on this today and I was just like, what the fuck is this? I forgot how <laughs> horrible it was. And I'm like, what are you doing here, Vince Long? Go and be an
2: Oh, thanks to both of you for lowering my expectations because now I'm going to love it.
0: Yeah, so I'm excited. It's an experiment to try to, like, just gut through this thing. But I'm really high on the third season and excited to watch that. So Awesome.
1: In the scene when they are having sex, though the scene only shows them open... Shows the open bedroom door and you can't see them. He says to her, Tell me about the flowers with old Billy. However, you are correct in saying that it is referring to sex, but the reason for that term is that's where she lost her virginity to grandpa in the flowers.
0: He does say, though, I think he says, Can you smell the flowers? I think that's what he says in that second scene, Miss Billy, because that's what was on. The, this person says
1: their interpretation was that certain flower certain smell like cum.
0: Jesus. No, it's the first one. Plus seed stuff.
1: That makes sense that they would say, can you the one he said can you smell the flowers?
0: Because it smells like cum. Yeah.
1: And everyone's saying that there's trees in New York City that smell like that. And in Virginia. What? The, the Bradford pear tree. It's not a flower. It's not a tree. flower. Oh, wait. No, it's the Bradford pear tree. Yeah, but pears blossom. So there's... Are
0: are you on True Detective Season 1 Reddit? Yeah. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Prestige-ish Media Podcast. In this episode, we covered True Detective Season 1, Episode 8, the season finale, Form and Void. I was your host for this episode, Craig Lake. Co hosting with me for this episode was Jessica Z and Dan McNair. You can find our show at Prestige Ish Media on Instagram and Prestige underscore ish on X. You can find me at Real Real Batman on both. You can find Jessica Z at Jobless Dog Mom and Dan McNair at Dan McNair 1017, both on Instagram. We hope you will join us for coming episodes as we cover True Detective Seasons 1 through 3 on the way to the Season 4 premiere January 14th on HBO, which we will also be covering. Thank you again for listening. If you can, please like and subscribe to our podcast on all your favorite platforms, and we hope you will join us again for another episode soon.
1: This reminds you can do my favorite Pokemon.
0: Why were you bothering that him? It must just be a cop thing. So you're like the
2: Typhoid Mary of dick pics.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I
2: know we're super super late. Sorry for talking so much. Clicks drum. Go to hell.